1: I do hope we all think about a veteran on this Veterans Day to express our gratitude and our thanks to all those who have served in the U.S. military. Today is Veterans Day. It's Wednesday. It's a wet Wednesday here in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's November 11th. Good morning. I'm Abe Madcore. When I thought back about Tommy Heinzen dying at the age of 86, I kept thinking back to growing up in Vermont, Tommy Heinzen being that big voice, of the NBA on CBS basketball broadcast along with Dick Stockton. And boy, did he love, love, love the big games. And did he love the rivalry Celtics Sixers, Celtics Lakers. And boy, did he love his Celtics. So Tommy Heinsohn dead at the age of 86. There are six things I'm paying attention to today and wanted to share with you. Number one, the NHL Board of Governors has a meeting scheduled for Thursday, which could provide a recommendation for a season format based based on talks between the league and the Players Association. Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly recently wrote teams and said, the objective remains to start as early as January 1 to play a schedule that may conclude by the end of April. So a regular season shortened to around 48 to 56 games. The NHL would like to have the Stanley Cup done before the summer and then return to a normal 82-game season from October to April for the 21-22 season. Sounds similar to the NBA. Meanwhile, NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman was on a Paley media conference with fellow commissioners Adam Silver and Rob Manfred. He acknowledged the league is looking at playing at venues with or without fans, but he's also exploring the possibility of a hub. Multiple city hubs. Teams would come in, they'd play for 10 to 12 games, they'd play a bunch of games without traveling, then they'd go back home, for a week be with their family they'd have all the other testing protocols in place so Gary Bettman acknowledging hub possibilities as well as playing in venues with or without fans Thursday tomorrow could be a key day as the NHL looks to return to play scenarios for next season story two you need to know about NFL owners yesterday approved a plan to expand the playoffs from 14 teams to 16 teams if meaningful regular season games are lost because of COVID and they can't be made up because of an extra week. So what does this allow the NFL to do? It allows them to minimize the possibility of an extended delay to the postseason because remember, if they had to keep adding weeks, it would push the postseason back. Here they would just look at the criteria, add playoff teams. I did not see the real inside details of the playoff seeding format, but that would allow them to expand the playoffs and stay on schedule to complete the Super Bowl early February. Meanwhile, owners also approved a long-time discussion which is aimed at boosting the likelihood that teams will seek out and hire minority coaching and executive candidates. So this is a resolution where it would reward teams with draft picks if one of their minority coaches or personnel people is hired to be a head coach or a general manager. So not the way that some people thought it would be where the team that was doing the hiring would get incentivized. No, this is for the teams that have a deep pool of candidates whose employees eventually leave to another team. Those teams would get rewarded with draft picks. Story three is getting to be a little bit more and more concerning, and that's the state of college football. Two major SEC matchups slated for this weekend, Alabama LSU Texas A&M and Tennessee postponed yesterday because of COVID that is five games this week we're only on Wednesday so all of these schedule adjustments and all of the uneven number of games that's going to make it incredibly difficult not just for administrators of course for the players but also for the college football playoff selection committee as they look to decide who will be the best four teams to move forward after all the conference championships so all of these rescheduled or postpone games certainly add stress to that decision-making because choosing the four best teams will be more difficult than ever. Also for CBS, they lose two high-profile games this weekend. They were going to have a major doubleheader in addition to its coverage of the Masters on Saturday. That will now not be the case with Alabama, LSU, A&M, Tennessee canceled. Meanwhile, on Sunday, remember, Masters goes early. CBS has no one o'clock game. CBS does have some late games. While we're on college football, let's stay with a good ratings story we've talked a lot about the soft sports ratings well nbc has a very good story to tell notre dame's overtime upset of clemson delivered the best college football audience this season to date 10.2 million viewers with out of home audience included that is nbc's second best notre dame game on record behind which one can you guess it you got it. 1993, Florida State, Notre Dame, that had 22 million viewers. I still remember watching that with about 15 friends at a big house in Arlington, Virginia, when I lived in Washington, D.C. at those days. That was in 1993. That was the top-ranked Notre Dame game on NBC. Saturday night's overtime upset of Clemson, the second-best Notre Dame game on record for NBC. Story four, I'm watching layoffs at Warner Media. They started yesterday. They were said to number more than a thousand people, unfortunately. But our John Aran reported that Turner Sports largely unaffected. That means the Turner Sports crew that will work the NCAA tournament production, sales, marketing right now remains unchanged. Story five, I'm watching the different tone of college basketball that was underscored yesterday with news that cameron will be empty for this year's duke basketball season as duke basketball team will not have any of the raucous fans in the stadiums when games begin on november 25th duke announced yesterday it is continuing the no spectator policy for athletic events that's already been in place for the fall of sports they will continue for basketball and the final story i'm watching the sixth story this is something we've talked a lot about at the Buzzcast, I don't mean to keep hammering it, but continue to watch Steve Cohen and the Mets. He had a 45 minute introductory press conference yesterday Everybody is raving about it. ESPN called it pitch perfect. MLB Network's Brian Kenny called it impressive. An owner who has a true understanding of how Major League Baseball works. MLB Network's Dan O'Dowd, a former GM, called it as impressive a press conference I've ever seen. End quote. What did I take away? Cohen was humble, but he was also had some swagger. You could tell he wants to win but he could tell he's also a fan. He called owning a team a civic responsibility. The team is a trust for the community and for the fans. He said he was pushed to own this team because of the fans. He said if he could make millions of people happy, he saw what an incredible opportunity that would be. So again, all about the fans. His final note to the fans, he's not in this to be mediocre. It's not his way, it's not his style, and as he said, he wants to do something great. So if you're a fan of the Mets, you have to be feeling pretty optimistic about your future. I do think Steve Cohen's going to be a very good owner for baseball, for the Mets, and for baseball in New York City. So those are six things I'm watching on this day, this Veterans Day, Wednesday, November 11th. Hope everybody has a good day. That was your Morning Buzzcast. I'm Abe Madcore. Stay well, stay healthy, be good to each other. I'll talk to you tomorrow.